You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? I mean, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it. It's vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. I'm a traveler in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Hey there, Earth Station Who listeners, and welcome to another episode. That's right, folks, we are back, and we are going back to the first Doctor era. That's right, we are talking about the Sensorites, a classic in itself. Well, something classical about it. It will be a lot of fun to talk about this one. Or as Matthew said in our last episode, God have mercy on your souls. It was when we told him what episode we were talking about. (laughs) So... It is going to be a lot of fun, and we are very happy because we have the return of our long-last companion. Welcome back to the show, Mary. Yay! I'm back. It's so good to be back. I missed you guys. We missed you, too. And a lot happened while I was gone. We we just left her on the ship for a few episodes, uh, so that's... that's... (laughs) Yeah, I was bad. I was in the brig. Exactly. You were, you know, you were up on the spaceship for a couple episodes yeah, waiting like to Barbara. hear from us. Yeah. <laughs> so it is so nice to have you down here on the planet with us. It's great. <laughs> Barbara and I are off on holiday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, that's not a bad way to be, though. That is totally not. But it is, it is really good to have you back, Mary. You've been missed. Oh, thank you so much. I missed you guys, too. And, of course, as you heard, Mr. Mike Gordon is here, too. Howdy! No one missed me. No, you were here. Why would we miss you? You know, right. you know it's it's if you weren't here, if you were on the ship with Mary, we'd miss you also. Right. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> but, yeah. Probably, probably. I think so. Yeah, we'd go. Most hi. likely. You know, we go with howdy withdrawal, so it's okay. So, but we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. How are you guys doing? Have you guys been surviving? How's the rest of your summer been since last we talked? Please write us feedback at earthstationwho.com. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. So, no real Doctor Who news since the last time we talked to you guys. It's the last bombshell we dropped. Exactly, the last <laughs> bombshell we dropped. But, you know, we've been hearing some feedback and we've been, you know, hearing from folks who they'd like to see as the new Doctor, who they want to see as the new showrunner. But we haven't talked to Mary about it. So I'd love to get your opinion about what was, you know, first off, we didn't even get to really talk to you about the San Diego Comic-Con uh, panel. And then, you know, the, the bombshell that came out just a couple days later. 
Yeah, you know, I haven't even seen the San Diego Comic-Con panel because my life has been so crazy. I mean, I've heard about it, <laughs> but I haven't even had a chance to watch it. Uh, I saw uh, the new character. That's kind of intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Bishop, I don't really, I, yeah, I could probably do it out, but <laughs> who knows? Give him a chance. No, totally um, understand that. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all that Chibnall and well I am more surprised that Chibnall's leaving really than, than that Jody's leaving because oh. uh, I, I thought he might stick around for the 60th yeah well, I thought, was hoping that Jody was going to stick around to the 60th I was too but I, I'm not I mean it's been three seasons and traditionally <laughs> well you know well technically she's going to have the three seasons and then the couple specials. And, yeah, and the specials. I mean, well, the season's only going to be six episodes, so. Yeah. Though I think, you know, to be to be positive about it, it's probably going to be a better format for Chibnall. Um he likes the sort of um, you know, miniseries type format. Um limited episodes and a and an arc across all of them. So I'm I'm going to be positive and and you know think that this is a good format for him and that he's that he's going to show us something special. I hope so anyway. Oh yeah. Well, fingers crossed, fingers toes crossed. <laughs> uh, are you, you know, cuz I know we've all been pretty big fans of Jody the whole time she's been here. We haven't been happy with some of the stories, but we've not really had much complaint about her. You know, did you, you know, what are your thoughts, you know, now that the, she's announced it, that she's leaving, you know, what kind of legacy do you think she's going to have? I think Jody, in and of herself is going to leave a fantastic legacy. I think her, her seasons, her stories, not so much. <laughs> um, because a lot of them were just kind of middle of the road. They weren't the worst I've ever seen, but they certainly weren't the best I've ever seen. But Jody a lot of times rose above the material. I mean, I think she was fantastic all the way through. And I think she's going to be remembered as a, as a great doctor who got a bit let down by the material she had to work with, but she did the best she could. Fair enough. That's definitely true. I agree with that. Um, And it's interesting because we've said that most of the time, I think with a different showrunner, she might've shined even more than she did. And, you know, I would have loved to have seen her even with Moffat or RTD, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I would have loved that. I, I really wish we could have got that because I, I mean, especially her first season, I felt like she was just really held back. Um, you know, as much as we loved Graham. <laughs> um, Always loved Graham. You know, oh, yeah. you know I, I, still, still... I still burn a candle at night for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't we all? Uh, my last prayer every night is for Graham. But, yeah, I just feel like she it, it, she started to emerge more in, in the second season, especially towards the end. So, But that first season, I that was that was a letdown for me in, in terms of allowing her to shine, even though she tried. <laughs> she tried her, you know, her darndest to really get get past that and and she definitely made an impression anyway even when she wasn't given you know the best lines or or as much screen time as i felt she deserved or playing second fiddle to the companions in some cases yeah in a lot of cases yeah i think she suffers from the same you know affliction we'll say that uh colin baker suffered from is that uh 
the the powers that be were uh, writing a different sort of doctor and experimenting and uh, didn't really get a chance to really show the actor, show us what the actor could do with that role. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I agree. And I think even if you, if you listen to Colin Baker in the audios and for Big Finish, you really get much more of a sense of how good a doctor he, he could have been with the right material because he's great in the yeah, I mean, stories. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to or if you've heard Jubilee, but we uh, that was the last thing we did. And um, that opened my eyes. It's the best Colin Baker doctor story I've ever seen or heard. It's just amazing. And he's great in it. Very true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes a huge difference if you have good material to work with. Well, so, and I've been like banging that drum for years that Colin actually became a truly great doctor on big finish. And now let's hope maybe in five, six years, maybe Jody can follow the same path. Maybe, um, yeah. uh, sort of a semi-related bit of news. Um, it was released, I guess, uh, a week or so ago that big finish is going to produce some 12th doctor, uh, stories, but they are recasting, uh, the 12th doctor peter capaldi has apparently has no interest right now in doing audios um so but they want to go forward with some 12th doctor stories so they've hired uh, a very young actor um and uh to to play the the 12th doctor and i don't know i'm really surprised by that i thought for some reason i don't know what i guess because i just knew he was an uber fan of, of doctor who i thought peter would jump at the chance to do audios but apparently for some reason he doesn't i think he's gone record as saying he doesn't he doesn't care to do audio adventures well he's already come out also and said he's not going to do the 60th anniversary either yeah yeah so um so that's well i mean for that i kind of like yeah like he's gonna tell us no. Yeah, well, he, he basically said he didn't like multi-doctor stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, who knows? <laughs> you can't. They they say things like that all the time, and then sure. it's sure. not true. Yes. So. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he. Yeah, nobody. None of them. He's not going to pull a Tom Baker and be like, "Guess what? I'm on the next one." You know, like he's not. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so, uh, but you know, I hope. I hope, uh, you know, Peter's run is not completely over. I, you know, I mean, we thought, look, we thought Chris would not ever do audios. And sure enough, now he's doing audios. So he's jumped right in. I actually just picked up, I just picked up the second big finish that he did. Uh, The new one with the Cybermen? No, that's the third one. They just announced. Ah, Gotcha. No, the second one just came out about, what, a week and a half ago? And I... Basically, I picked up that. It was 19 bucks, and then I ordered, pre-ordered the new River Song, where she's with Unit yeah, and the third that's Doctor. Cool. That's yeah, going to be great. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really fun one. Mm-hmm. So I guess we got to keep on going, folks. Got <laughs> <laughs> to keep on listening to that theme song. Exactly. Bah, bah, bah. Ah! Exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I, you know what? If there is a drinking game to Earth Station Who, <laughs> I'm sure that people drink either A, when we praise Graham, which we've already done this episode, and B, when we mention how much we hate the River Song theme song for Big Finish, which we've we're, just we're done. Two, so. we're, two, we're two for two, folks. <laughs> exactly. So. <laughs> so drink up, fans. Exactly. As we all take a swig of something. 
<laughs> so that's pretty darn awesome. So yeah, um, I would love to, you know, for those who haven't seen Suicide Squad yet, um, Capaldi's in it and he plays the thinker. And that's all I want to say about it. Cause yeah, you were not as kind as I was. No, I was not. I, but I, I thought Capaldi was great. I wish I'm glad you did. So there you go. <laughs> you know, but you know, he met his match with a starfish. So, <laughs> so it's a starfish. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, it was interesting. And I, I would love to hear audios with him. I think he'd be fantastic at it. Give him a couple I, years. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I assume that this is just a temporary setback by, by, you know, in a few years he'll, he'll come around as well. But. Well, they've done ninth doctor adventures with other actors playing the ninth doctor on big. Films. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, I'm they sorry. had 11th doctor too. Yeah. I mean, that's very true. And, and Capaldi has actually been very, very busy. Well, he's been, um, he has been busy, but I know so, some people, you know, I wonder if he's still P.O. Because, you know, some people say that, you know, when he didn't want to leave Doctor Who and they pretty much forced him out the door. And so, you know, with the new regime change, because Chibnall wanted, you know, a new doctor. For everything, his yeah. Yeah, look yeah, how well that worked out. Yeah, well. Touche, touche. Touche. Well, look, I don't think anybody could have as big of a mad on against the BBC and the Doctor Who producers than Chris did. No. Uh, So uh, so if Chris is willing to come around, um, you know, and I don't think he had any real, you know, affection for the character. I prior to his his being the doctor. So um, I, I think, you know, it's just a matter of time before. You know, especially if they allow, I would imagine, like, if Big Finish really opens the doors and maybe even lets Peter write an episode or something, like, I, I just can't see that, you know, he would say no to that. You know, I would say hell froze over, but it's way too hot here for it to. For- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, time heals all wounds. I I, I am not going to be surprised at all if in a few years we have Peter Capaldi audios. And Jody too. Getting back to that, I mean, Jody. I think you know uh, it would be lovely to see uh, more different, uh, you know, things, uh, different stories with her that are not Chibnall related. Yeah, agreed. I agree with that completely. Actually, so we'll have to see. I'm hoping. So yeah, I'm actually yeah. I'm more interested in seeing. I mean, I'm interested in seeing who the next Doctor is, of course, but I'm really interested in seeing who the next showrunner is because i think that actually makes a bigger difference yeah. in the quality of the i think we've definitely learned show. that yeah I'm, I'm beyond guessing who they're gonna have oh, yeah. you know as the new doctor i'm more like mary said i'm more concerned who the showrunner is what kind of ties they have to the tv show and actually who you know not just if they're a fan, but if they know the material, know, you know, the thing. Because, yeah, maybe they should get some younger blood in. I'm totally for that. Or somebody who, you know, has maybe worked on other shows, not in the UK even, you know, I would even say. But, you know, I'm not opposed to that. But I know BBC has their thing, so... We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, who knows what they're looking for? Uh, you know, I mean, at this point, you know, um, there's no 
there's no easy like answer candidates. I mean, Chibnall was kind of like a, oh, that makes sense, right? At the time, because he had written some episodes of Doctor Who, he had sort of expressed interest before. And I don't think any of us were shocked when he was announced as the showrunner. Same thing with, you know, Stephen. But I, there's no quote unquote heir apparent. Yeah, there's no heir apparent to step into that role. So, you know, and it could be somebody, you know, it depends on what the BBC wants. Do they want, the franchise to be brought back to its former glory or do they want to go in a completely new direction please don't be mark gatiss please don't be mark gatiss please don't be mark gatiss <laughs> <laughs> oh did i say something <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know i mean i who knows so uh yeah because if, if we get that we'll get more of the you know sleep monsters or whatever <laughs> Hey, not all his episodes were bad. Yeah, as far as one of my favorite episodes, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a Gatus hater. So um, no, I'm. I, there's a lot of things I love that Gatus has done. But from uh, what I understand, he is not want the job. So no, I know. Yeah. Well, he's because he's close. I know with uh, Moffat, and he saw what Chris went through. You know, and also yeah. what Stephen has gone through, and so you know he's seeing you know being roasted. Who would want that? You know, who would want to be killed by fandom like that? You know, yeah. And he he's pretty busy with other projects too. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he and he and Stephen are still working on a couple of other things right now, so. mm-hmm. including the new Sherlock, possibly. So that's been in the in the hopper for a little bit. So yeah, I wouldn't say no to that. So no, not at all. So yeah, so it would be very interesting. You know. I'll be very curious to see where it goes. Definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Are you, you know, curious to see if they have this or not? Oh, before we do get out of this segment, though, uh, we do have an announcement. We are going to be doing a live panel at DragonCon. We actually have a time now. We are on Saturday at 1130 a.m., through the Brit tracks and we are going to be doing the 25th anniversary of the doctor who movie. So we will be talking all about our wonderful, you know, Paul McGann as the eighth doctor. And, you know, so that's what you mean. Your wonderful Eric Roberts. Who? (laughs) (laughs) You mean that flamboyant monster that, you know, (laughs) was pretending to be the master. I so wish they would have, you know, because they had Anthony Ainley do a version of the opening. But I think that was fan made. I don't think it was for the actual movie, mm-hmm. you know, when he was standing trial and everything. And that would have been so awesome if they would have done that for that. But it's going to be a lot of fun. We got a great crew. Sadly, Mary will not be with us for that this year. Oh, well. And I, I think we should point out, too, I mean, with, uh, you know, especially everything that's going on with the Delta variant and everything like that, we understand that a lot of our fans will probably not be able to attend Dragon Con as usual. So do not worry, because uh, I believe there is a virtual if you watch uh, the uh, virtual programming, we have already provided a panel for them. So, yes, so you can still see Earth Station Who as part of the virtual program. And all three of us were part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's not about the ninth doctor, so you don't have to worry about any Eric Roberts hate. <laughs> uh, actually, Mikey, 
it is about the ninth doctor. We're not what talking about the, yeah, we did the panel on the ninth doctor, not the, we're doing the eighth uh, doctor that's right, that's at right, Dragon right, right. Con. Right, right, right. Okay. So yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We talked about for the virtual panel, we're talking about Chris Eccleston's first yes, foray true. into big finish. Yes. Right, right. That's right. Okay. So, and actually it's going to be a lot of great, and we're going to try to get that one up here on the podcast, the audio for it. Mm. So you should be able to hear that probably over the next couple of weeks. So fingers crossed, I t- I've, you know, greased a couple palms and, you know, <laughs> I bought some, you know, Jimmy Dodgers for, you know, the Britrack staff. So hopefully, you know, they'll have little cookies with jam in it. It'd be really cute. So, so the Jimmy um, Dodgers are with them. So, you know, we'll have to see, but until then, please write us feedback at our station who.com. We definitely would love to hear from you. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with the center. Grab your pillow and join the Geek Father in Little Bit for discussions on current, nostalgic, and speculative happenings in pop culture. Nerd news, fandom histories, deep dive discussions, reviews, and more. It's like listening to your closest friends have a nerdy conversation. So sit back, relax, and let the Blurred Nerds podcast embrace you with their warm, goofy goodness. It's nerd goals for your ear holes right here on the ESO Network. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. Welcome back. Now we are going back to June 20th, 1964, all the way through August 1st. A six-parter. Just what we love with the first Doctor stories. They are amazing. And we are talking about the censor rights, folks. That's right. This was actually my first time watching this one. I don't think I'm going to be watching this one again. <laughs> Real soon. That was it? That, that was, was it for you? It was a one and done for me. <laughs> one and done. What um, about you guys? Is this your first? or um, have you seen Yeah, this one? My, my first. Probably my last. But, I, you know, I didn't hate it, actually. It just dragged on. Yeah, this this was one of them that could have easily been a four-parter. Or, <laughs> yeah. Or how about a two-parter? <laughs> Um, well, I, yeah, this is my first time as well. And, and I'm sort of with Mary, I didn't hate it. Um, and I don't think necessarily it was too long, but it should have like, the story should have been structured differently because man, that ending seems like it was really tacked on. Like if they had started working on like the ending with the humans, like in the third episode or fourth episode, it probably would have felt flowed a little bit better, I think. 
but instead it just sort of like seemed to come out of nowhere like oh it's not the sensor rights that are really behind it it's humans after all and it's like oh wow you just kind of slapped that in there yeah Um, it it did come out and, and, and they resolved it like so fast i was like thinking as I was watching that last episode, I was thinking, is this really the last one or does it go on? And then sure enough, please like, no, don't done. let it go on. Don't <laughs> let it go on. No, yeah. I, um, that I that was, was strange. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was okay. I, I, I enjoyed watching uh, the first doctor. I think uh, William Hartnell was, was pretty decent in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to say something that I didn't think I'd ever say. But this might be the my favorite Susan story that I've ever Ooh. seen. I think she was, uh, she w- I, I didn't find her annoying at all. She didn't um, scream. She didn't no, scream. she didn't. She she had something to do. She developed a nice like power, and and she was useful. And she was psychic for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, she was reading minds left and right. Yeah, she she had sort of that capability, or at least it was you know developed as she was and. And um, I don't know if it's ever used again. Um, hopefully, you know, if the series didn't pick up on it, hopefully Big Finish did. But um, but I found her interesting. And, you know, at first I thought, oh, we're not going to get Barbara a lot because Barbara's usually, you know, since this is post-Aztecs, this is like, you know, Barbara's just one of the strongest members of the crew, cast and crew, by the way. And and yet she disappears, I think, in the second episode. And we don't see her again to the end, which is kind of unfortunate. But like I said, Susan does a pretty good job. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, even back then, they had difficulty juggling this many companions. And it seems mm-hmm. like they always need to find an excuse to have one of them disappear for a few episodes. Um, yeah, it's so funny. Like, it's the first season... And they have they run across this issue, and you know here we go, like over fifty years later, and Chibnall still has the same problem. <laughs> they still haven't learned. <laughs> yeah, they they just learned. never learn. <laughs> it's like too many companions really is just not a good thing, and it just makes more work for you guys. It makes it more difficult for them. So, and they don't usually handle it very well. But no, uh, agreed. Um, yeah. You know, and look, you know, I'm glad it was in black and white because the sensorites would have looked really dopey in color. Oh, my God. I love the feet, the flat, round feet. (laughs) They must have been driven, you know, designed by Rob Liefeld or something like that. (laughs) And they all played by actors who were like twigs of people. Like they were like the thinnest people they could find, I think. No body fat on you. No, no, no. And it was they it was just funny because you could see their mouths moving underneath the masks too and it was just like oh this is really yeah bad. they tried to hide it by putting beards there but it doesn't work yeah i just oh, kept thinking you, that would be annoying talking through all that hair all the time you did have one scream from susan by the way when you first saw the sensor rights on the outside of the spaceship Oh, and they were, yeah. uh, the window. And they're uh, waving through the window. They're yeah, like, and they're like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, first elder was interesting, especially with his little uh, uh, cross the, ribbon. Yeah, his double slash. I, mm-hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't tell if he reminded me more of uh, the Martian Manhunter or Impossible Man. <laughs> like, <I just> like, <laughs> he 
was dressed as either one. I don't know. Uh, I don't know which is older. So I don't know if this was the inspiration for those, either one of those, or if there was just something about aliens that, oh, let's put them in like, you know, cross sashes. And that'll. And as you do. Yeah. As you do. Right. Exactly. Put them in, you know, that's how you can identify him from the other ones. I have two slashes. My second in command has one slash, and the city council president has a collar. It's yeah. like. And okay. the. Well, they didn't have any other way to distinguish them. I mean, they even make kind of a reference to that in the story. You just put a sash on another one and you, oh, and you can't tell. (laughs) And I like how they like, it took an outsider to realize that like, you know what? They can't tell us apart. We can't can't even tell each other apart. That's amazing. (laughs) Oh, that gets so into stereotypes. Oh, they all look the same to me, you know. So that, and that, and it was really, you know, there was a lot of stereotyping in this. Yes, but there was a lot of subtext with that. And I thought, like, some of that stuff was remarkably relevant, I thought. Like, as far as this society where, you know, outsiders are coming in, especially once you attach a virus to it. Like, mm-hmm. I just thought, I mean, I couldn't help but think, my God, you know, here's here's a, 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 um, a divisive, uh, a race that's divided by a virus that's attacking their people. I'm like, hmm, where have I seen that recently? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just like, damn. Um, and, and you know, and one side was, you know, like, hey, we're trying to deal with it. The other side was uh, everybody's against us. I'm like, this is so weird. Um, well, well, it's interesting, too, because the leader was very trusting of the humans right away. Sure. Mm-hmm. And... Even the number two was until he was killed. But, you know, it, but it, it was interesting, too, because, you know, this story was actually based a lot on um, some you know events that happened in the 1950s where they ran into soldiers who thought World War Two was still going on and, you know, was trying to you know sabotage more of the Japanese because they were yeah, stuck on the were... earth. Isolated on islands. islands. That's the part that seems like it was thrown in at the last minute, though. Like that, there's no lead into that at all until all of a sudden they run across two humans at the end. It's like, oh, and then quickly that's wrapped up. Like I just, that was just very strange. I had a suspicion about that though, especially with the monsters in the cave, Mm. and that um, then when they uh, when the leader said that there was, you know three of them that were, you know, fighting against the other two that were trying to take off from the the ship and that they were destroyed on the way up and that supposedly the other three made it onto the ship. It's like, no, they're behind this. It was pretty obvious. But yet yeah. they, they give you a lot of uh, uh, reason to think that the city administrator is behind it. Um, not poisoning his own people, I wouldn't think. I don't know. He was down there. Yeah, the I thought he was the one behind it until until yeah, the human I thought, showed I, was, up. I thought at least he was in league with them mm-hmm. uh, in some way. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It was it like it got all convoluted and and messy at the end. Um, there definitely could have been a way to uh, make this a little bit uh, smoother as far as the story goes. But the elements themselves are not bad, and I, I you know I broke it up into two nights. You know, an hour and a half here, an hour and a half there, and I mm-hmm. got to say that it didn't, it it didn't drag as much to me that way. Yeah, I broke it up too, and I was thinking, well, while I was watching it, I said it's really, it's it's really unfair for us to review them. It, it, it 
in the way that we watched them because we watched them all at once or close to all at once. Whereas really they were supposed to be spaced out a week apart. And that actually, I mean, and that makes a difference. You tell a story in a different way when you do that. And so it's no wonder it seems slower to us when we watch it in a block. Yeah, like that. absolutely. We're, we're, we're running across that now where a lot of people are like, it depends on what streaming service you have. Some shows you just binge all at once and some you have to watch like weekly and there's like backlash against, you know, one or the other because it's, you know, people are used to watching it one way. I don't know if watching this weekly would have made this any better. <laughs> You're just <laughs> Mike's like, no, it was bad. No, no. There was there it was, just would have dragged it out longer. Yeah, exactly. It would have driven. You know, it would have drawn out my torture six weeks. Basically. And you know. And, you know, I love you guys. I really do. But come on, you're giving this too much credit. Well, I, mean, I actually think that it would have been pretty interesting if they had done, like, parallel storylines of the, the humans, you know, and their plot to to poison the, the city because they don't really understand the aliens and, and the aliens not trusting the humans for uh, for actually understandable reasons. Yeah, I mean, Doctor Who usually does, like, when they break up the crew, usually one, you know, some uh, companions end up with one side, and some companions end up with the other side, so you get to see both angles right. at it, and they didn't really do that in this case. So we don't get to see the the humans down there um, and what they're doing until it's, it, like I said, way too late in the story. So I think it... Um, and I, like I said, I think a lot of the issues that the stories bring up are, are so relevant today. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I think the concept was good. I mean, the, execu oh, I agree the execution, that. maybe not so much, but no, I think there were some interesting ideas there. And I like, I like that they didn't make um, the censor rights just out and out bad guys. I mean, there's some nuance there. there. There's a reason why they act the way they do. They have a reason to distrust. Mm -hmm. Oh, very much so. You know, that as I said, they welcomed the humans with open arms five years ago. And then, you know, they basically, from that point on, their people started getting sick. Mm -hmm. And they were blaming the humans for it. And that's why they capture, had captured the ship in space around. And they were even kind to those people. They were feeding them. And, you know, even though they put them into deep sleep, that was almost look <laughs> like a, a heart. Sort of a, a, a like a <laughs> mixed bag there. Yeah, they're kind, but they're keeping them yeah. and I'm not sedated all the John time. John would say they were kind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, they basically drove him insane. <laughs> yeah, at least, you know, the doctor and you know, the companions, oh, they're dead. Let's burn the bodies or something. <laughs> <at> the <burning>. <laughs> <laughs> Hit them with a rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There was a time, you know, when Ian went down, um, the doctor was at first kind of looked at him like, yeah, well, <laughs> win some, lose some, you know. I mean, you know, I got a whole planet of companions. I don't need you. Exactly. But, you know, I love it at the end. Oh, you're not happy with where we go. You're out of here. The next place we stop. Yeah, I, uh, unfortunately, we won't be able to see that. But... Not, not this time, but that's on our list to watch still. Reign of Terror? No, next is uh, Planet of the Giants, actually. Oh, I thought that Reign of Terror was the next uh, storyline. Mm, 
Hold on, I will tell you real quick. Um, Next is... Which we've seen. Oh, it is Reign of Terror. Because at the end of it, it... I guess because Reign of Terror isn't, you know, available, that's why it was the plane. Yeah, if you were watching on BritBox, they don't have a lot of the animated ones, so... Right. It would just go right into the next one that they have live action for. So. Right. Well, Reign of Terror, we did review a while back it's because true. they had the wonderful animated. Actually, true. that's one of the worst animated ones I think we saw. <laughs> it is, which is unfortunate because it really is a good. I like that story. But we all did. I think yeah. I'm, I'm almost pretty sure that we all loved that can they, story. Can they get the new animated crew to, to redo that? <laughs> yeah, really? I think that would be much better. Um, yes. but that, yeah, that was because at that time, I think they were pretty much, I think going back and forth between historical and sci-fi. Yeah. Sci-fi future ones. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was every other one. Uh, although yeah, because right before this is the Aztecs and, uh, and, and Barbara's still kind of feeling the effects of that. Exactly. It it would have been interesting if, you know, that something about it, like she had Montezuma's revenge or something. That's why, <laughs> why she wasn't in, why she wasn't in the two the episodes or something. I've got a stamp on the spaceship here, you know, because I can't get it to the top. And I think, I think that, that befell Ian. Um, yeah. He, he drank the bad water in this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he did. He did. One thing I found very interesting. When at the very first episode, when they revived the crew and they basically said, oh, where are you guys from? And, you know, Earth. Oh, we're from Earth, too. And they said, when? And it's like, you know, and they went 20, 20th century. And it was, they didn't even blink an eye that they were time travelers. Yeah, that's why they were just like, oh, yeah, we're, well, we're weird. 400 years before in front of you. So that's why we're better at this. Snooze. <laughs> <laughs> exactly because th- actually i think they were 800 years because i think they were said the 28th century or something like that yeah i, I think they said 28th so it's like it's just like okay i guess they're accepting of time travel at this point but they couldn't get out of the loop out of that orbit <laughs> where <Yeah>. they got <laughs> uh but yeah it it wasn't the worst first doctor story we've seen by far no <laughs> no singing no. <laughs> Touche, Mr. Gordon. Touche. But yes, um, we have that coming. You know, we had that coming up in the history of Doctor Who, if you were going in order. But it was interesting to see. Um, some of the characters were great. Were great. Um, I love, you know, it's awesome to see Ian. Ian is just such an awesome character, both him and Barbara. And, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that made the show was how strong each one of them were in their own way. And I like that about them. And this again, you know, Ian, even though he was poisoned and, you know, for an episode, he still got off his butt and he tried to save the doctor. Yeah. He's a man of action. Um, I don't know. I think to me, like Ian gets like, Actually, even though he's in it more than Barbara is, um, I, I don't know if he really, if, other than getting sick, I don't know if he really added to the story much. Um, so I, I can't really, you know, say that um, out of all the companions, I think he's probably the weakest one for me in this one. And like I said, I really, I really like Susan. She has that wonderful scene where she's talking to the first elder 
and she talks about like she real she uh, um tells them that she and their grandfather are not from earth and it's been a while since she's seen their home world and uh you know she goes into that beautiful description about how the sky is a burned orange and the leaves and the trees are bright silver and um it, it just it's really quite a nice moment and i don't know if prior to that we got any sort of reference as to visually what gallifrey looked like i don't even know if it was called gallifrey yeah i don't think it was even called gallifrey yet no i don't think it was called gallifrey until the end of the second doctor era and then later on, you know, at the end of the episode, she, you know, she's kind of feeling it and uh, she's sowing the seeds, I think, for her eventual departure from the show. But, um, uh, you know, she, you know, she says, uh, I'm kind of bummed because my my powers are going to be uh, are going to kind of go away after we leave this sector. And he's like, when we go home, we'll get that, you know, we'll have them develop that, you know, you can develop that. And she's like, are we going to go home? And he's kind of like, eh, you know, oh, you eventually, know, you know, like, <laughs> you know, he's like, ah, you know, eventually, you know, this it depends on this old rust bucket. And then Ian comes and insults the rust bucket and the doctor takes offense. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then there we go. Uh, but um no, I thought I, you know, I think if if Susan was was uh, you know treated more like in this way, um, both in the relationship that she and the and and the doctor had in this whole storyline, as well as just giving her something valid to do, I think I would have appreciated that character a lot more. Certainly, I did in this story more than I have in any of the others. Well, I think Agreed. it helped that um, that Barbara wasn't there. <laughs> Well, sure. It allowed sure. Susan to shine. She did, I think, some of the things that Barbara might have done. Yeah, in, in the well, exactly. <laughs> she got to like, you know, like uh, take care of and, and lean over uh, Ian. <laughs> yes. Well, exactly, and that was the interesting thing. You know, this was just her turn to go on vacation for four, three episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, for styling and everything, and so they wrote her out for it because they do that. If if you watch this episode, yeah. exactly, mm-hmm. if there's a you know Doctor Light stories or Susan's off being held captive somewhere or right. mm-hmm. Ian's somewhere you know with a sprained ankle or you know whatever, <laughs> right. but but yeah, they did that quite often and that was the interesting part about the show and about because they made so many more stories also than they do now. So. Oh yeah, they were filming, you know, almost year round. Exactly. Yeah, when uh, you know, when I was watching this, Michelle looked over and it had the uh the title on Britbox of the episode and season uh season 1 episode, I think it was like 34 and she's like 34. Like she's <laughs> like how many episodes are in a season back then? And I was like a lot. Mhm. Exactly. So it was it was really really interesting. And do you know if they like when they filmed them, they filmed them back to back. They didn't do or did they do them weekly? That's a good question. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think they were. Yeah, I think they were just pounding them out. It doesn't feel like these don't feel like they were filmed back to back. They feel like they feel like they were filmed uh, um, like eat per episode. Mm-hmm that would make sense you know type thing so it'd be curious to see because then you know if that was the case you know barbara had a nice one month vacation (laughs) (laughs) that's true 
I mean, they obviously weren't, weren't doing reshoots because they were flubbing lines right and left. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, especially the first doctor, you know, that was, he was notorious for it. Mm-hmm. You know, Hartnell was. So, and because then they didn't say, oh, cut, let's redo that scene again, you know, type thing. They just went and everything. And so it, it was interesting. So, all right. Before we, you know, tear this any more down or ponder wirelessly, uh, let's go ahead and rate this one. One out of five TARDISes, one being the worst, five being the best. Mikey, go ahead. Well, no tearing down here. I'm going to give it a solid three. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's not the best as we pointed out, but it's not the worst either. It's that, it's that middle ground. Um, I'd say for, uh, you know, if you're interested in, in William Hartnell doctor stories, it's pretty decent. I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty much on it throughout most of this uh, story. Um, and, uh, and even when he gets attacked and is, um, his uh his coat is ripped to shreds now he keeps that cape for a while i know he keeps that cape into the uh the next story um i don't even know if he ever goes back to the jacket um but uh um i i appreciated um his his part in it and of course as a susan story i don't think it gets much better so um uh so yeah i give it a a solid three cool i'm pretty sure he does go back to multiple jacket. jackets yeah yeah well, but he does he say he has a bunch of them on the TARDIS. Exactly. But he does love that cape, and he does work it. And I, like I said, doesn't he have the cape in in uh, the next storyline? Yes, he does. Yeah. He does carry that into it. The Reign of Terror? He goes yes. to France with it? But then he gets the um, French military jacket in that one. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he gets that whole costume. Right. So, all right, Mary, what's about? Um, yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I think also it's a three. It's very middle of the road for me. It's not the worst. It's not the best. It's not a bad Hartnell episode, like Mike was saying. And it and it's actually a, quite a good Susan episode. I think, you know, for that alone, it's probably worth watching. I probably won't watch it again. <laughs> it does kind of, kind of drag. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, there's some nuance to the story. It's not, it's not, I don't think it's the worst written thing. I think it could be better, but you know, it's not the worst. But yeah, I think it's about middle of the road, three. Damn it, I hate when I agree with you guys. <laughs> I really do. I thought you were going to tear it down. Yeah, I thought you were going to no. give it like a one. <laughs> I, I, no. I know, the way you were acting, it was like, yeah. No. It, Minus two, four. <laughs> it, was, it was too long for me. It really, really was. And, you know, this easily could have had two episodes cut off and a you know, better thought out ending, but I loved seeing how protective the first doctor was of Susan in this mm-hmm. one, especially the first couple episodes of this, you know, when she was going to go off with the sensorites to, she was going to sacrifice herself and go down to the planet and, you know, to protect the others. I thought that was awesome. And then the doctor like, no. And he literally got right into their faces. And it was like, that was just awesome. It was the first time they had an argument. And I'm not sure if that holds up. But, and you know, the idea is nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, it was interesting, too, because this was also one of the times they mentioned other adventures before Ian and Barbara, too. Oh, oh right. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. they never really had before that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that was kind of, that was very interesting to see. And 
I enjoyed that part. And I, like you said, like we've all said, I really liked seeing the, the, the doctor like this. He was not the weak old man. He was right there trying to figure out what was poisoning the planet, what was hurting the people. And he was also trying to save Ian at the same time, but he was also trying to help everybody. Cause sometimes, you know, he is like the dollaring old man and, you know, he's like, let's everyone else do everything. But these, these like series of three with Aztecs, this one in reign of terror, he was awesome. In it. He yes. really, mm-hmm. really was. Yes. And so that's what brought mine up to a three. So, ha, I surprised you. You so did. There you, go. you did. You did. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and I bet we, I don't know if he's listening to this, but I bet we surprised Matthew Kressel because he was, <laughs> he was thinking like, oh, I'm, you know, he was thinking we were, he was acting like we were, we were going into the pit. We were going down into the, the, uh, the, uh, the pits where the monster was, uh, the aqueducts. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> he was acting like that was our fate. Yeah, well, I will admit it. I was doing some design work while watching this, so I wasn't paying <laughs> You know, I was like looking over my laptop at it. Or I was on the TV, but it still wasn't bad. It really, really wasn't bad. And I did it in two parts also. What did you guys think at, at home? We definitely would love to hear that. Please write us feedback at ourstationwho.com. You know, please let us know what you guys think. Um, as always, you know, we want to thank you guys for listening. This has been bit of fun one for us to talk about tonight and you know we'll be back again in two weeks and as we move along we're getting closer and closer hopefully to a new series maybe maybe Maybe. and we also have dragon con coming up in less than three weeks so we're gonna be there too so if you see us please say howdy we definitely would love to see you mike and i will be there and we've got a list of panels we'll be posting up on facebook on our personal pages and probably on Earth Station One and also in Earth Station Who. So definitely look for us, check out, check us out. And if you're not going, please check out the virtual panel we're doing featuring the Ninth Doctor Big Finish Adventures. So it should be a lot of fun. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, I want to thank Mike Gordon for being here. As always, it's my pleasure. Do you want to promote a certain thing you have going on, my friend? Oh, I would love to. Thank you so much. I'm not sure how many people in the Doctor Who sphere uh, will, uh, you know, uh, this will affect. But um, I appreciate any support that I can get. Um, I am. Uh, I've started my Kickstarter for the uh, Tiki Zombie 10-year uh, Tiki Versary. Uh, we're calling it special comic that I, I'm producing. And uh, it started, uh, it's been a little bit less than a week, and uh, we've already had a tremendous amount of support. Um, I'm really appreciative of everybody who supported uh, Kickstarter, named us one of the quote-unquote projects they love. So that was really nice to see, and um, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, and you guys can check it out as well. Um, But I, I really am thankful and appreciate all the support that has been given so far. That is awesome. That is really, really awesome. Um, I also wanted to, you know, congratulate you. You're at 90% already, dude. That's yeah. pretty awesome. 90%, uh, 27 backers, uh, like I said. and But, you know, as you pointed out um, on ESO, like um, there's, even if we meet the goal, 
um, you can still have time to get the book. Um, so it's not as if, oh, we made our goal, like it's over. No, we, this is for, you know, trying to get uh, the word out there about the book itself. And we want to get that in the hand of as many people as possible. And we're not, we're not through until the mid September. So, uh, so there's plenty of time to jump on and be part of the celebration. That is awesome. That is really awesome, dude. I wish you the best for it. And let's blow past that goal. Let's get, get way past it, dude. You deserve it. You really do. So that is cool. And of course, Mary, the show never felt complete without you. We're so happy to have you back. Uh, I'm so happy to be back. I really missed you guys. I need my Doctor Who fix. So definitely. And you know, Next time, hopefully, we'll have better Doctor Who. Than yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. This was a great one to welcome you back to, Mary. Yeah. You want to promote your stuff real quick? Uh, you can find me at my artwork at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, Mary does amazing stuff and actually... I can admit it here now that I just purchased um, the Earth Station One t-shirt that she created for us a couple Ooh. years back. So I create, got it as a baseball jersey. So you'll probably see me wearing awesome. it at Dragon Con this year. So it should be a lot of fun. And so we got some, you know, cool stuff up at our T Public store. Check it out. You can get there through the ESO Network link and or just go T Public and type in ESO Network or ESO Broadcasting Network as it's listed up there. So just definitely check it out because we got some Earth Station Who stuff, some Doctor Who stuff, and so it's pretty cool. And, you know, we even have a T-shirt that says, I wear a Fez now. Fezes are cool. So it's pretty cool, which is a very famous T-shirt. So we will be back in two weeks. We will talk to you then. Until then, my name is Mike Faber. Stay safe. Loved your loved your Love your hug ones? No. Hug your <laughs> loved ones. And you know what? Get vaccinated, folks, please. You know, let's get back to normal. We'd like to get society back on feet and not have to worry about wearing masks all the time and get, you know, have to, you know, socially distance. I want to see my friends. I want to go to dinner with everyone. I want to, you know, do all this stuff, but I'm not doing it till, you know, everyone is safe. And that's not going to happen for quite some time. So until then, I'm going to go travel off in my TARDIS. Peace. And I am done. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. <laughs>